Hi everyone, my name is Yaro and you're listening to the Embodied Business Podcast. It's been a little while, I had a really good, very much needed winter break, lots of rest, lots of good food and I'm just coming out of the free retreat weekend that I offered um, as a way to begin the year which was really lovely. So I'm excited to be back with more episodes and today I want to talk about the different cycles that our businesses often go through and there's obviously so many different ways of looking at that, but the framework that I want to use today is the idea of there being growth, maintenance, and transition periods. Before we dive in, just a few announcements. Like I said, the weekend was really beautiful. I'll be offering them at least twice a year now, so sign up for my newsletter if you want to hear about that. We also have the Business Foundations course coming up live starting on Monday. You can still join that. It is the core part of the livelihood community and I'm not enrolling new members into the community right now, but I'm offering the live version of the course um, as a kind of six week <laughs> immersion into this space to kind of see if you enjoy that, if that's something you want to do. It's also a smaller investment, both of money and time for now, but I think it's a really beautiful container. It has six modules. We meet live every Monday and then we have a co-working session every Thursday to make space for kind of accountability and real integration of what we're learning together. So I don't think this is a course just for beginners, though it is great if you're just starting out. I think these are also questions and ideas that are really worthwhile revisiting if you are a few years into the journey of building your business. I'll link to that in the show notes. All right, so growth, maintenance or transition. I think it doesn't take much to realize that as a default in our culture, we're aiming for growth. Obviously, that has a lot to do with the economic system that we're living in, maybe also with social media culture and with the fact that not growing can be uncomfortable sometimes because it's not really what is celebrated in our educational systems or in our lives um, or in our families. But... <clears throat> I have gained so much in the last few years from really enjoying, you know, moments of maintenance, of being like, this is good enough. I just want to maintain what I have in a really sweet way. I don't need to be growing right now. And when I do want to grow, which is also beautiful, I really want to make sure that I know what I'm growing towards. I have been off Instagram for two years now, and so... I'm kind of not that tuned into some of those conversations anymore around small business building and um, what success looks like. And I mean, there's nothing wrong, obviously, with being on Instagram. I still have this little dummy account where I never post just so that I can send memes to my sister, which, <laughs> which I value. But I do also really notice that some of those ideas that I'm sharing with you were ideas I've always had, but I was still just plugged in you know, to this morphic field, if you will, of this is what success looks like and we should all be aiming for a six-figure launch for these reasons with these things and this is the template or the blueprint or whatever. And um, yeah, I think what I mean when I say let's get really clear about why we want to grow or where we want to grow towards is that growth is beautiful and so rewarding in life but I don't want to just work towards meaningless accumulation of resources if there's really no need for me to actually do that, if that makes sense. So 
Financially, that means I have a really good idea of what I'm currently spending every month and I have found a way of looking at money that feels like loving tending. And honestly, that's been a super long journey. I'm going on eight years in my business now. That is not how I was starting out at all. I was just anxious as fuck and constantly stressed about where my next project was coming from. And I think it just took me a long time to heal on on the most foundational level my relationship with money to come to a place now where I feel I'm certain about what I need and I don't feel shame anymore about owning that and communicating that. Those are just my living expenses. I really looked at those needs and I think they're perfectly human, you know, they're not extravagant. I think they're reasonable. They reflect uh, who I am as a person and kind of how I live my life. And um, when I aim to earn money beyond that, I'm trying to be really clear why I'm doing that. So that might be like wanting some more education wanting to have a specific experience that's maybe a little bit more expensive, wanting to support something that I really believe in. But I'm also thinking more broadly about non-monetary exchanges. And I think in <clears throat> in the business world, sometimes there's this narrative that, well, why wouldn't you want to become a millionaire if you can just then, uh, you know, give it all to charity? But I think... That's a very individualistic way of, again, thinking about success and what it means to work towards something because why do I need to accumulate all this money in the first place to then kind of be in charge of redistributing it? That's still kind of, uh, you know, even if I'm not spending that money for myself, it's still a way of um, accumulating power, I would say. Anyway, I'm really sorry. I did not meant to be ranting about <laughs> financial accumulation actually in this episode. And look, like I really am not saying that wanting nice things is a problem. I'm not wanting to say at all that wanting growth is a problem. If you have really ambitious monetary goals, that's amazing for you. Um, That's really not what I'm criticizing. But I'm saying that when I was in a more anxious place with money, I also often thought that more is always better and that if I was offered, let's say, an additional web design project for that season, even though I didn't really need it to cover my basic needs, I should always say yes without further reflection. And that's not how I feel anymore, if that's making sense. Because I also value other things now, like flexibility and time and creative expression and being able to be present with people. And if I just keep loading on my plate and I grow for the sake of growth, then those are things that, you know, gonna have to give because <laughs> my time isn't infinite. I'm beginning to play with time and stretching it and doing some magic there, but still there are real limitations to the time of a human life. So I'm just inviting you to pause here and to think about your own relationship with money right now, maybe where, where your anxieties lie and what's driving you to grow. And if you're in a space right now where it's not yet possible to meet your living cost through your business, then of course you want to grow and it's totally understandable and desirable that you make a plan and you get really clear on what that might look like. That's something that we've been thinking a lot about this weekend and I really love these conversations. 
I also want to say that I think there's no way to shame our anxieties around money away. In my experience, that isn't really working. I will give you an example I feel slightly silly about, but bear with me here, okay? So, oi oi oi. I have always had huge anxieties about war, even as a small child when I didn't really even understand what war is or was, whatever. I grew up in Germany and my grandparents on both sides uh, had survived the Second World War as fairly small children by fleeing back to Germany. They, they were Germans but they lived in uh, other parts of Eastern Europe at the time. And so they had to flee back and I grew up with these quite horrific stories about how they survived and made it work and what they had to do and all that. And it is really incredible to think about how those stories kind of settle into a small child's body, right? I, I feel like that's been very visceral for me in a way. And, you know, of course, I'm also really lucky. I have never actually grown up in a war. I've... Um, I've never had to flee, you know, that's not my lived reality right now at all. But I want to be honest that when the war in the Ukraine started, it really spiked my anxiety in incredible ways. And I found myself thinking about money again in ways that I hadn't for many years. And um, I realized that I was feeling shame about that at the time because I didn't and still don't want to make it about me you know I want to be supportive and um, my feelings in the greater picture right now aren't, aren't that highly relevant is what I'm trying to say I, I do know that but um, also I felt that I couldn't just pretend that I wasn't feeling that way you know I didn't need to make a big deal but I think I needed to put some place in, some things in place for myself to feel a little bit better and to feel like I had some sense of what I would do in what I imagined was a worst case scenario. And I'm not going to go into what I think that is because, I don't know, <laughs> it's not very sexy. But what I will say is that I just bought myself a few gold coins for a few hundred pounds and they're sitting in a nice box in my house now. And um, that's just doing something for me, you know. I, I don't know why. Well, I do know why. I do know why. Um, but that's doing something for me. I think there are these very young parts of me that are like, you know, still echoing these stories of how my grandmother survived and how they traded things. And I'm just knowing that those gold coins are here and that feels soothing to me. And in a way, I think it has reassured my subconscious in a way that um, just talking it through couldn't have had if that makes sense so why am I telling you this I think I'm just telling you this because I think we all have our own big and small money anxieties and stories and I think it's sometimes really worth just dealing with them in the best way that you can rather than just trying to grow beyond it without taking all parts of yourself along that is what I'm trying to say um, and I think that this honesty and confrontation of those things that I was holding has also allowed me to really appreciate periods of maintenance so much more. So I think, like I said, when we deal with these worries we have, or when we really ask ourselves, like, why can I not allow myself to not pursue growth all of the time? Um, a lot can come up, right? And so, yeah, having addressed that, I really feel that I could 
rest in the beauty that I had created um, so much more and really enjoy the sweetness of maintenance in moments where that was appropriate for me and it felt right. That doesn't mean that I think my work is perfect or there isn't a growth edge or things that could be better. There are always things that could be better. But do I want to be this little hamster in a wheel that never really gets anywhere because there's no sense of revival and conclusion of an arc, basically? I, I'm also someone who would much rather offer a few things in a way that's beautiful to me and that can be really present with rather than always creating new stuff and that's um yeah I mean that's also something I think that hasn't always felt true for me I have a lot of different ideas and I love doing different things and I am you know I am often doing new things but just know that I'm only doing and creating a small fraction of the things that I that kind of cross my mind as things that I could be doing that's that's a thing for sure and so I think sometimes it's just so much more about refinement and, and maintenance than always seeking the next thing. To me, a period of maintenance is about growing deeper roots, about looking at my systems again, see if they're really running the best way they could, if there's anything I could tweet. It's about really enjoying the nourishment of, you know, being in that moment and, and really taking it in. And then there are periods, of course, of transitions as well, where um, things need to change for whatever reason, and I need to let something die down and trust that process, which is not easy, but sometimes just really necessary. And I think it helps me to build confidence, and it also helps me to create really fertile soil for the next thing that I want to create, or for a new version of the thing that I had already created. And I think when I when I don't do that and I'm not accepting transition and the death part of that, then things become kind of heavy and clunky and hard to navigate. And um, I really like to think of that as like a garden metaphor because there's so many different ways to be a gardener, right? And there's so much to learn from being a gardener. You have to have boundaries and a vision. You have to trust the process. You have to plant your seeds at the right time and you have to trust that even though you can't see them while they're underground, they are coming and something is happening. You have to also water them, but you can't overwater them and you can't be surprised that you're getting dry rot if you're overwatering some of your seeds while totally neglecting others, which are uh, not going to grow, right? So I think that is a really beautiful way of looking around yourself right now to see where you're at and to think about the year ahead because it does give you a lot of clarity, it does for me at least, but it doesn't necessarily fix you in ways that maybe feel a little bit too big or too long-term to be fixed in right now. So at the weekend, um, retreat, something that I share for people and you know, I always say people can reject that. If it doesn't feel true for them, that's fine. But this is what true, feels true for me. I think a non-negotiable pl no, <laughs> non part of planning for me is um, to know what I need financially. Like what is my baseline? To be really clear on what I need to earn this year. And then I can make good decisions about what I want to offer. And I can calculate, 
you know, this program might make me X amount of money and this is how it might feel. Taking on five or six web design projects will be spacious and creative for me and offer me variety and this is what I will earn. So I really, I really need to be clear on my numbers. That is my personal opinion. And then when it comes to the more emotional, spiritual, um, creative part, I need to have a sense of whether I want to grow, be in maintenance or in transition. And I think that, you know, it's really important and good to feel into that now that we're in this transitionary phase into the year, which just even if you don't celebrate the uh, year in this way or you you recognize that actually making plans like that in winter is kind of nonsense because we're in deep hibernation and spring isn't even here yet you know we're still in this energy and so I think it's really worthwhile to take this moment to think about that but this framework of growth maintenance or transition is flexible enough for the year unfold to, to unfold the way that it's meant to but it's also helping you to feel confident in navigating those uh, seasonal decisions as they come up without needing to necessarily nail that down exactly right now because you know what your needs are and you know what you got what you got to do so yeah that is that is my encouragement <laughs> as a first episode for the year to think about that and oh yeah one one more piece I wanted to say is I think firstly if if it feels really hard to decide on one of those words right now recognize maybe that they can apply to specific parts of your business i would say for example that my web design practice at the moment really is in maintenance i'm enjoying it so much i have some really exciting projects booked but i'm not um planning to transition in that part of my work in big ways this year because it works really well and there's nothing that i don't enjoy about it but um, in my movement practice, I am noticing that I would like to share more movement practices again. Um, that's something that I haven't done so much in the last few years. So there's a sense of transition in that part of my work. I'm thinking about how the business workshops I am offering could maybe become a little bit more somatic, how that might be helpful and deepening. And I'm really not sure about that yet. But um, yeah, that is a period of um, transi transition for me. I'm really kind of changing and tweaking things. Um, and I'm excited for that. So those things can coexist and you also don't have to be in one phase for exactly 12 months. Things might move around and change in different ways, but it's just such a great way, I think, to orient ourselves to what is actually going on rather than chasing those external goals we picked up on Instagram. Oh my gosh, I'm totally out of breath now. <laughs> I just came to the end of this episode Someone knocked at the door, my dog started barking, I went there really quickly, got my little parcel back on the sofa, just saying goodbye. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening, I hope this was helpful in some way, I hope to see you either at the next retreat, maybe for the Business Foundations live course starting next week, either way, I'm wishing you a beautiful beginning to the year, bye!